Wow. <laughs> time flies. You're having fun. Uh, I was looking at the time, and I was gathering my thoughts together, and then, boom, there was. <clears throat> well, today was an interesting day. Um, today, uh, here in Florida, they have what they call um, Military Day at the uh, TPC, which is the golf, um, the golf tournament at Sawgrass. So I was able to actually uh, get over there early as opposed to always ended up there late when they're cleaning up. But um, I, it was nice. It was nice. It wasn't that crowded. Um, they always provide provide some good food, always some good company, had some great people to talk to. Um, just some interesting stuff. And one guy gave me perspective, the fact that um, the people that they've been hiring, he was talking about uh, lately had not been uh, too much on the ball. And he believes it's because uh, the economy is so good because so many people are, are employed at this time. So, as a result, he um, he said he hasn't. Uh, um, uh, he said they've had. Uh, it seems like the quality of employees that they they've been getting, because he's kind of like a regional guy, uh, just seem to not uh, be as high a quality as they used to be. I guess is that thin line between cost versus. Uh, cost versus quality of uh, employee you know if you pay more uh, and you interview and screen more you'll get a better employee versus if you just take what comes off the street and i can talk to, to you about that um not necessarily where i work at the current time but sometimes where i work sometimes where uh, my wife works i hear about it and so i I know that I know how that that goes. So I had a couple of thoughts today as I was thinking, and um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, I just had this idea to create a webinar, thirty forty minutes on one of the things that's near and dear to my heart that's always been a part of me that I thought maybe it'd be good to share with others that would be sort of like an evergreen. Evergreen meaning it never gets old. That is uh, having a, how to 10x your attitude. Get your attitude 10x, 10 times better than it is right now. That's one of the things that um, I'm going to put together. And, and take that and not just, because anyone can uh, get material and read to understand, but I think it's the experiences that I can add to that based on things that happened. I was looking back. Um, you may or may not have uh, seen some of my other um, Facebook lives, but I talked about the spaghetti dinner when I was in the first grade and that experience. Um, back in middle school, the modern dance experience and, uh, you know, getting out of the comfort zone. And I'll add some of those stories in there that were good. It's all about, you know, it's not always about you, but what you can learn from others, which is exciting and great. High school experience by Coach Al Morrow and what he taught. And then also 
uh, when I uh, used to throw the weights in, in high school. Great things that I learned during that time. And the black history teacher, Mr. Gillespie, he was an interesting character. Learned a lot from him. Uh, they had a reunion not too long ago. I didn't go. It was in D.C. And I'm here in Jacksonville, Florida. But, yeah, they had a little reunion um, from from high school. Went to Classical High, which, you know, I was back there in June. One of the top high schools. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Al. <laughs> Al Winfield from the east side. Props. Bus 43. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember those days. Bus 43. Thanks, Al. It's great. <laughs> you can go down, rem reminisce down, uh, down uh, memory lane there. And then my experience in Mashpee, Massachusetts. I lived down there for a couple of years, and uh, talking about uh, by the um, not by the cranberry bars, but by the uh, by the by the little park there, where the heronfish ran, ran. I had a great experience there, and how that kind of helped form my attitude also. And then uh, in college, I got to be a swing manager for McDonald's. And uh, that experience just uh, starting out as a as a manager and uh, some of the things that happened to you that uh, helped to grow you and, and mold you and help you become what you are today, how you come out of those things. Then as a student in architecture, Rhode Island School of Design, and that experience at an art school versus a, you can approach architecture. I was an architecture student. You can approach architecture two ways. One is from a structural standpoint and from an artistic standpoint. We always had an expression, expression there at Rhode Island School of Design, which for short name is called RISD. And about uh, some of the experiences there going through architecture school. Think about it, I was in architecture school and where am I now? Not in architecture, but I'm in uh, computers and computer software. And then from there, you know, getting into, uh, well, people and human development, which is something that's always been near and dear to my heart. I've always helped people to uh, achieve the next level. So uh, now try and do it on a professional level. Um, and share it with others like yourself. So the, the experience about 10Xing, your attitude can make all the difference. Um, then the boot camp experience, they're in Great Lakes uh, that I had. There's expression uh, that came from the Bible. Excuse me a second, my nose. Expression from the Bible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, yeah, so I think that would be good to, to put that webinar together. I'm going to try and get together and have it available by, uh, Wednesday of next week. And then you can pick it up probably, I don't know. I've got to start, uh, adding value and, uh, um, also compensate for my time. So I may just charge like 10 or $15, something like that. But it'll be good. It'll be something that you can use and always remember and keep to help you out. So what makes us also is the questions we ask. What is my purpose? Good question to start with.
And uh, these are tough questions because they, they help they help you to go within. No one likes to go within, but these questions, what is my purpose? And to actually take that and work through that. And really what happens is, is you begin to work on the questions. The questions begin to work on you. Now I talk about adding value to others and then taking that and, and, um, and determining how I can help others to become better. And, and one of the, the greatest ways is to help create the mindset that you can do anything to Christ who strengthens you. He gives you everything you need. He wouldn't give you the ability to have the ideas if he did not believe you could achieve. Um, and then uh, being more creative, thinking outside the box. That, that is a great one. Uh, we've got to learn to think outside the box. If we continue to do the same thing, what's the expression? If you keep doing the same thing with the same people, uh, at the same time, you're going to get the same results. If you don't, <laughs> oh, yes, wish you all the best, brother. Tell Keith, Patty, uh, love. I'll tell them yeah, to give you a love, too, my brother. All right. Then there was experience. Um, I saw a formula today. Let's see. Talk about exposure of an idea to the right people added with the expression from different perspectives. Exposure of the idea to the right people. And I think that's the challenge sometimes. We have ideas, and I talked about thinking last a uh, few days ago. When we have ideas, we need to really write them down. And ideas, when they come, they're not complete. We need to write them down, and then we need to work through those ideas and complete them. Uh, that idea of um, a, a, a webinar and, and what the webinar to be on, and I thought of, you know, what's your best asset is attitude. That's always drawing people. And I think, think about this. Attitude. We are spiritual beings gifted with an intellect. We live in a physical body. So spiritual beings, we have energy. And trust me, we give off a signal, and that signal cues and attracts or repels people from us. So when we are in the right frame of mind, things we can draw things to us and really create big things and, and, and things that we couldn't create on our own but being in the right mindset allows us to attract those those great things to us uh, as I was talking about that that gave me the idea I remember when I was in the uh, in the Navy one of my first uh, big accomplishment a task was a uh, massive, communications drill in San Diego among, I don't know, we ended up with about 10 or 15 ships in port. And um, we worked at it hard. I, one of the things we had to do, you know, we've got your technology, but then you've got some ships that don't have technology. And then you've got um, just, uh, well, we even had teletype and we had telephone. And I had a a captain that really was on me about, you know, getting this to work. And we did. We successfully probably created one of the largest in-port communication exercises. We had people on uh, computers, teletype, telephone, 
I'm not even sure if we didn't even have uh, people on the signal bridge with flags and trying to communicate with other ships. But that's just it. You know, that was that was the dream. That was the, and I was in charge and I attracted the right people and we were all worked together and we pushed to get that done. But I don't think it wouldn't have, it would have happened if we weren't in the right frame mind that it could be done and that we weren't radiating the right signal to I wasn't radiating the right signal to to attract the right people in the right positions in order to get that done. Because trust me, it was it was not a one man show by any means. It took a lot of people to get that done. So exposure uh, expression from different perspectives. Now that's great because I uh, several times. In my own experience uh, lately at work, um, trying to figure out how to do audits and things, uh, they're not a, a simple science, particularly with the data that I deal with. And I'll go to different people and ask them for assistance in terms of uh, what needs to be done in order to, well, how to approach something. Because let's face it, I always say we all have blind sides. And when you increase your awareness, the fact that you don't know everything then it opens you up to to really grow and and seek help here it does two things one uh it keeps you humble because you don't know everything and you don't try to act like you do and number two it helps build other people up because then they feel uh which they are that they're important and that they count and when you go to them sincerely and ask for help and those different perspectives just because of the experience. People don't have to be at your level of knowledge or even at um, your level of expertise in a particular subject, but they can add. You've got to understand people can add a different perspective that can totally change the direction that you head. And that happened to me. I, I mean, I struggled for, for, I don't know, a week trying to figure out um, how to get this done. My, my old boss, he, um, my old boss, um, who uh, pulled me into this job, left the company, but uh, because of a bad experience she had. But anyways, so then here I am left with this and trying to figure this stuff out. And I, I know a lot of things, but there are a lot of things I don't know. But I, I have grown to a point where I know that, that we're stronger together than we are alone. So as a result of that, I, I, I go to those people and I, I say, hey, you know, let me run this idea by you. What do you think? What's a good approach? And uh, that helped tremendously. I I was totally lost. Even though I know so much, you know, you do uh, Microsoft Access and Excel, and you got all these formulas through your head, and you've done so many things with them, and you just sometimes the technology can be a, a roadblock to your uh, process or approach. So I say to you, you know, uh, open your awareness. Uh, test the uh, perspective of other people. So exposure to ideas, the right people, expression of uh, different perspectives, and that together equals expansion of an idea beyond your own personal ability. So those are um, those are some good ideas there. Now I will say, I've got my um, my podcast where I, I strip the. Um, well, sometimes I strip the um, sound from my Facebooks and I put them on a podcast on uh, Anchor.fm. But what I was going to say is I began this. I had put a note out there that success is 
the blank, not the blank. And I'm not sure if anyone was able to get get what that uh, those two words are. Success is the blank, not the blank. And I think that's going to be my theme because I think that's it. So many times we get we get stuck on that. So I'll I'll, I'll give the answer later if no one else gets it. And um, but I I did put it in in the Facebook Live before, and I put it in yesterday. And my, I think my daughter may have attempted it. She didn't get it right initially, but then later uh, she she kind of remembered and and got that. So that's it. So well, that's it for for that subject. I was thinking about questions, exposure, and then I wanted to take a minute and talk about uh, this 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 uh, this one little line that I found. Um, when I was going through the book, um, uh, No Limits, John Maxwell's book, No Limits, and there was a box there that really hit me because, you know, I, I come from the corporate world and being in a um, being in a corporate environment. And one of, the, one of the things you have to understand, when I worked for Prudential initially, uh, I was an agent. And Prudential owned the two big towers on the uh, South Bank. What is it called? The South Bank of Jacksonville. And I had the privilege to be able to go and walk through and talk to all the computer, the uh, employees, and and help service them with their insurance. But one of the great things that um, it did, it allowed me the opportunity to talk to all different people in all different areas. And as a result, as I moved on to my next company. Um, it was a habit that I had, and I, I enjoy talking to people anyways. So I get a chance to hear different perspectives of different people in different jobs with different bosses and different different situations. And, and this, this, this note that he wrote was so true, and I wanted to address it from all three angles, one from the employee, one from the manager, and then one from a um, one from a business owner. And it goes like this. The, big, the biggest single variable of whether or not employees will be creative is whether they perceive that they have permission. So the biggest single variable of whether or not employees will be creative is whether they perceive, not that they don't, but they perceive that they have permission. So what does that mean? Well, I could talk for days uh, from my conversations with different employees at the different companies. I, I think one of the biggest things, um, that perception, a lot of times we're in these positions and we're doing jobs and we've got ideas about how to make things better. But when we go to a manager or someone, have you been there? You've got an idea, uh, you express it, um, there's, there's, there's a several, several reactions you get. Great idea. Yes. Let's, let's do that. Let's start implementing that. Uh, that I think that's going to make a difference. And then you've got that other perspective. Uh, it appears that your idea is good. Uh, the, the manager is excited about it. You present it to them. They think it's great. 
you come in the morning and it's right back to the same thing i said we're going to do it this way this is the way we're going to do it boom and it kind of kind of takes the uh, wind out of your sails if you know what i mean so um that's that perceived um whether the employee will be creative is whether they perceive they have permission um heck i know where i am now when i first got there I had ideas and i shared them with a few people and they're like uh it seemed like that the um the atmosphere altogether was kind of watered down uh because i came from a from a corporate experience to a small company but what i found was that um there were different well you have different perspectives and i had perspectives from uh you know when you when you're a small company you're thinking wow how can we really grow and really make this this happen and uh, you know i was always taught and you've probably been taught too don't just come uh to your manager with a with a problem think it through come with solutions so that they, that they have something to work with uh don't be the problem child be the solution maker so don't just do that and just go there with a problem come with some uh think it through and think of some ways that things could be better now you can do that but you may end up in that environment you may be in that environment where it's not perceived uh, or it's not accepted now here's the, here's the challenge with that and that's in my communications course that uh, i do uh, everyone communicates few connect connection connecting with people and one of the things it talks about is um the different perspectives from a management standpoint if you find that you're in a position where this is good stuff if you find you're in a position where the manager um is uh, doesn't accept your ideas um it's probably because to be honest they're insecure in their own situation um and and when you've got a boss that's insecure um they, they're very very apprehensive about changing things or letting people in or implementing new ideas the problem with that the oxymoron is that when you get in those positions where you're in charge and, and but you but you came out of uh, being a technician and you don't share information with your people which is a non-abundant type attitude if you're not sharing it locks you in to allow others to uh, leapfrog in front of you or come in new and then advance ahead of you because the perspective from above is well we can't afford to let you move the attitude you need to have i'm going into the management role now the attitude as a manager is share everything and anything with all your people because let's face it you want them to grow because if they become stronger that that allows your department to be stronger. If your department's stronger, that allows you the opportunity to, to move up because you already have people that you've trained that can do the job and they appreciate you more for teaching them and, and giving them that ability than you just um, uh, holding that information and, and being afraid to share it with others. Okay. Um, so that's from the employee perspective so and the other thing is managing your boss so how do you get around that and, and i talk about some of that um 
people you don't connect with people till you find common ground it's probably one of the biggest nuggets um and we talk a lot more about that uh, in the other class but uh finding common ground uh is the first step to uh i say managing your boss because you have to you have to be able to relate in order to manage and be able to actually change those perspectives okay from a manager standpoint again I went from the employee over to the manager. You've got to, you've got to be willing to share. I remember experience. I was looking for more employees uh, to uh, grow uh, in my department, and I remember uh, because I told you I walk around, so I was walking around, and I remember a friend of mine got upset uh, that I had talked to this employees, and I thought to myself, see, there's two perspectives, just like. You know, leave my employees alone because all you're trying to do is steal employees. In my department, my attitude was someone wants someone from my department, I'm great for you. That gives someone else an opportunity for me to work with. New, take them. You know, I've trained this one and, and they want to move on. Let them go. Let them grow. Why am I going to hold them back? No one held me back. So I'll, more power to them. We'll survive. We'll bring new people in. And that gives more people opportunities to grow as well so welcome um employees moving out and moving up if that's what they want why hold them back no one held you back so uh, from a manager standpoint i think that you've got to have that abundant attitude going back to what i said in the beginning you got to be creative um and you've got to be um well one be creative think outside the box but you've got to um uh, have an abundant mindset and not hold others back um, as they grow. So biggest single variable, whether or not employees will be creative, is whether they perceive they have permission. And I, again, I, I can remember I had a, had a boss, um, a great friend of mine too now. Uh, the last one I had, well, two, two bosses ago, um, we had a great team because we, we all worked together. We all had ideas and we all implemented ideas together. No one was a single expert or there were single experts. But what I mean is we were able to share ideas and it was okay to do that. And no one was too good. Not even the boss was too good because here's the real truth. If you're the manager, <laughs> I always take the perspective, and I think this is a good perspective, of being the servant leader. You're there to make sure that your people have everything they need and then to allow them the latitude to grow and make mistakes as long as there's not catastrophic and to, to create interference with those above that try to chastise or harass your people. That's your job. You take the heat and you give them all the glory. Pass that glory on. If you want to be a strong leader, um, take the heat, but pass on all the glory. Don't take the glory. You know, when things go good, uh, give credit to your people. Give it, you know, yeah, celebrate them. Someone says, you know, that was great. Your team came, uh, you came through really well. No, it really wasn't me. It was my team. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did that. That's why we were able to achieve what we did. It had nothing to do with me. I just happened to have a great team. And uh, they they pulled their share, they pulled their weight. So 
Um, so that there, being creative is uh, whether they've received, they have permission. And then if you're the business owner, let's face it, man, you need new ideas and you can't do it all alone. And those ideas will come from your people. So if you're a business owner, that should be your joy is when your people come with new ideas. So let's face it, you can you can throw those ideas. Some, some will flop and some will go. Um, but hear them out um, because uh, eventually they'll come with a with a good idea that can make a tremendous difference. Uh, what is it? I think it was in Japan. They had that thing where um, that quality, uh, uh, I've got the name of it now. It's been a while. Navy, right? Um, when they talked about, uh, there was a book on that about the, the, the uh, anyone could stop the line if there was a question or they had a quality check, they could pull the pen. But that was the philosophy that they built. You have to create that. It doesn't happen naturally. Um, another thing, as a business owner, uh, and also as a executive, if, if any executives watch this, one of the things you have to fight to do, and and I know we did this a lot in, the, in on the military side, being you know thirty years military, is you got to fight for the reality of what's going on. You've got to go down to the troops, because if you don't. Excuse me a second. Uh, nose running a little bit there. Yeah, because if you don't, what you have is you got a, a rosy um, a rosy picture being painted by those directly below you. So if you never go down to find check the water to see how things truly are, then your perspective is is skewed, and that's a, that's a big one from an executive standpoint that you must you must fight to find out what's going on down there. One of the things they do in the military, and I remember the admiral would have like a uh, E3 and below call. Now, a lot of those things you can filter through and they can be done by the the, the senior enlisted or the uh, junior officers. But then there are some ideas that do come through that need need investigation. And there may be problems that you're not aware of that someone brings up that, um, can make a difference, but you got to fight to get down there to find out what's going on. I'll go even so far as someone told me, I think I read it in uh, Good to Great, Jim Collins' book, talked about having spies down below to, to really give you the perspective of what's really going on. Because let's face it, everyone wants to look good. No one wants to tell you the bad stuff, but if you don't know the bad stuff, you can't fix it. And if you can't fix it, you're going to be out of business because uh, had you known, you could have taken action on it. But no one likes to look at the uh, no one likes to look under the under the hood. But those who do learn a lot more, and um, it, it saves them in the end. So you got to be willing to look under the hood. All right. So um, I, I wanted to mention again the uh, uh, if you want to go from zero, what I I wrote that that thing how to go from zero to a million dollars in 12 months um, starts with the uh, 30 day challenge. And I talk a, a lot about that. It, it's a, um, if, if you haven't heard it, I, I would recommend it's called click funnels. And I'd listen to Russell Brunson's talk about what it is and what he's done. No, it is not a get rich quick scheme. And yes, it is an ethical way of doing business. But in today's modern world, with everything being technology-driven, 
how can you leverage that from a direct marketing standpoint? I mean, there's two types of marketing. There's a brand marketing, which is good for if you're a Toyota or you're Apple or Sears. And then there's a direct marketing, which that perspective um, is really the way to go if you're a small business. Now, you say, well, I don't have a small business that pertain to me. Well, let me ask you, um, that may be true, but what if you were able to, you were such a good marketer, and you could just get a small piece of the pie by being able to use your marketing ideas to draw people in to buy other people's products, and they just give you a small percentage of that. And what if you did that online, say via a webinar or just an ad in which people can click on it and then they, they bypass you all together and go there and get what they need. Just the fact that you were able to draw them in and you're not there. Think about it. You're sleeping. 15 people hit that at two in the morning and they bought 20 widgets or whatever because they saw your catchy ad and they said, hey, that's exactly what I need. Oh, I can get five at once. And they go ahead and do that. And because you created the note that they used, you get a small percentage of that. And you're like, wow, man, I was sleeping and I made $300. <laughs> How can that happen? That's what ClickFunnels is all about. So where where is that in my perspective? Well, like I had mentioned, I had um, done, um, I had uh, became an expert in a computer software program um employee benefit type program and that's my expertise and i can understand these programs and i can where i come in is if you take the 30-day challenge which the next one starts on march 25th and i'll put the ad in after this you start that and i'm there to um to help you through it because sometimes the technical side you know when you're a technical type person and you get in this and these things really are not that difficult but sometimes people challenge technically, but they have the mind for the um, for the marketing ideas. And this happens a lot in, in my business of men uh, and, and how me and my buddy generated one and a half million dollars in, uh, in the training department uh, a few years ago was because um, there are a lot of, and uh, I'm in the insurance business, a lot of insurance agents have great ideas and can attract the right people but they don't understand the technology side. It was like, hey, you know, call, you know, we're here. If the technology is the, the thing that's holding you back, you pull the people in, we'll take we'll take care of the technology part. And that's the way it is. So uh, here's the challenge. It starts March 25th. You've got three experts um, that will walk you through a 30-day challenge. Cost you $100. That will put you on the path to generating over a million dollars in a 12-month period so and i said to uh, to uh facebook group last time so okay a million dollars in 12 months say you don't make it you only make half million will that change your life or let's say all right you're really bad so you only made a, a quarter of a million dollars will that change your life if we keep doing the same things we do and uh, with the same people we do them with and expect the different results, 
I think that's called a definition of insanity. Uh, but if we learn to do things differently and uh, and we're good at them and we, we find that we've got a, a good nature. And, and it's not just a simple business. It's, it's not just, uh, you know, uh, insurance. It's not uh, pizza market. It's not drugs. It's, it's all industries uh, coming on board and understanding the power of this tool. And they've tweaked it over a 10 year period. So you say, okay, million dollars, what is only five or 10 people? No, last year alone, last 12 months, 246 people generated a million dollars in one of these, what we call uh, um, direct sales type funnels, uh, technology working for you 24 um, seven. And and because so many people were, were generating, uh, becoming millionaires, they created a new a new program for the uh, 10x because now you've got like 50 people that have done 10 million dollars uh, through this direct marketing concept that that's easy to learn. Uh, like I said, whether you have a product to sell or not is, is irrelevant. Uh, if you understand the system and you get catch the uh, vision and the idea, you can put these things together for any product and uh, that and and be an affiliate where they give you a small percentage. And you have, you know, you're sleeping, you're playing golf or whatever, or um, you're out with family and these these programs you put together are making money for you. Um, that's the that's the secret to uh, secret to wealth. Um, I can talk even from from a real estate standpoint. It's, it's a similar thing. Uh, if you've got uh, uh, rental properties or something, let's face it, 24-7, uh, the income's coming in, and you know you don't have to be there to, to do to do it. Uh, you set things up, set things in motion. There you go. March twenty fifth it begins. I'll put the uh, I'll put the link in in here, and uh, it's been great. Um, and I, I sometimes look back at my films, and I saw that I was um, I had my head down too much, and I said, "Whoa, see, I'm learning too." I said, you know what? I need to reach within and, and think of thoughts directly and not just read from a book other people's thoughts. Bring your thoughts because you have a lot of them and a lot of experience. So I hope I did that this time. Give me a thumbs up if you think so. So um, I guess I can get a lot of people, but I, I will put that in there. The um, anchor.fm is the podcast. And the name of my podcast uh, has the expression that I mentioned, success is the journey, not the destination. So the words are journey and destination. Success is the journey, not the destination. So come take the journey with me. It would be great. And uh, be on the lookout for that webinar that I'm going to put out on 10Xing your attitude. It's going to be something that you can probably play in the morning that pump you up and get you going um, because that's the kind of person I like to be, one that really gives you energy to, uh, to learn more. All right, I've rambled longer than I anticipated, uh, but I think it was some good good, good material. Um, hope you enjoyed it, and i uh, talk to you tomorrow. Probably, uh, what's tomorrow, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday is a church night, so normally at 8.30 tomorrow night, just in case you don't see my note. I put out normally during the day. Have a good one. Enjoy. Talk to you later.